What's up, everybody? This is Grant, that cause artist. Hope everybody is doing well in uh, these different circumstances that we are we are living in. I know a bunch of states got some different policies handed down, so many of us are on sort of stay-at-home uh, protocols and and sort of lockdown, so to speak. So I hope everybody is doing well with the changing conditions. I know it's hour by hour, day by day right now that the things are changing very rapidly. So I, I hope everybody's doing well and staying healthy. Today, we're going to chat with Priya Prakash, who's the founder of Health Set Go on her mission to bring health and wellness education to millions of people in India. And she has a really inspiring story. Um, she was growing up, she was bullied a lot about her weight. And it sort of you know, had a mental toll on her, right? And, and it's uh, how can it not, right? I, I know many people deal with sort of fluctuations in, in weight and health and depression and what that can bring on. Um, and she opens up candidly about that sort of growing up around food, right? And her family, you know, showing love around food and gatherings and, you know, joy around sort of eating together and these things. But, you know, as she grew older and started to, to get bullied about her weight, she, she wanted to understand why her body didn't look like others in, in her community. And, you know, as she educated herself on, on some things, she, she noticed that the food that her and her family were eating were very unhealthy. You know, and she talks openly about how the fat American fast food sort of has erupted sort of in India. And they have McDonald's and now Taco Bell. And there was a line outside the door when uh, first IHOP opened, right? So there's sort of this fascination with, with this type of sort of fast food. But, you know, she's sort of seen it from a different angle where it can be sort of a detriment to a community that doesn't understand the effects of, of eating that type of food constantly, right? Every day, what, what health effects that has on your body, especially for, for children. Um, so she goes into a lot of about her growing up and then her making the decision to become really health conscious and become uh, basically a fitness pro and, you know, a weightlifting athlete and compete at the state level and national level and, and all these kind of, of crazy things and winning the $250,000 Global Citizen Prize, the Cisco Youth Leadership Award. I mean, it, it's, she's had a great journey and she's now using, you know, health and data and technology to bring education to the school and the government within India to try to put in better policies within schools for children to to eat better, to to learn how physical activity can improve their, their mental well-being as well. I think she does a great job of, of talking about how when she physically changed her life from a fitness and food perspective, uh, mentally she started to gain such an advantage and things started to develop mentally for her like she's never seen before it helped her with sort of her ADD so to speak she, she she could never focus very well and you know that really it really helped her when she became physically fit started eating better she could focus a lot more which was one of the things that uh, she really praised uh, about what becoming physically healthy can do for your for your mental wellness and well-being we talk a, a ton about that obviously and then about the company and its goals and what she wants to do by uh, 2030 <laughs> she wants to impact 10 million lives by by 2030 currently they've impacted 200,000 children and in more than 77 cities across India and so they are well on their way to improving their company their technology their goals, their mission, what they want to do to reach that 10 million goal by 2030. It's very, it's just very important to Priya. 
and she's uh, she's quite an inspiring person. We touch a little bit on, on COVID. Of course, it's on top of, of mind for everybody. And of course, with, with health being at the forefront of all of this, you know, we touch on it a little bit and, and what's going on in India and how they're dealing with it. And it's, uh, look, it's, it's touching all of us. So I think every conversation, probably for a while, we're going to have a little bit of, uh, you know, COVID sprinkled in there. And it won't be the entire conversation, but it, it's some, you know, and some guests coming on will, might be a little bit more about COVID, but others will be much more traditional show we, we try to do, or I try to do, but look, it's going to affect everybody. It's going to affect every business, every organization, every person in, in, especially the United States, but it's also globally, it's starting to affect the world at a scale we haven't quite seen before in, in this manner, where we have the economy shutting down. Um, so it's obviously affecting everybody and I hope everybody's doing okay. Um, I hope that this, this will pass as, as soon as it can. If you guys need any help with anything or again, any ideas or requests, just obviously reach out to me, grant at causeartist.com. And again, hope you guys have a great day and a great week. Thanks. Bye. Usually how I like to start these sort of episodes is talk about an individual's journey to the point where they sort of get to an area where their life where they're really enormously passionate about something and obviously health mm-hmm. set goes to be your life's work right now and might be for a really, really long time. Did you want to just talk yeah. about the, the journey? Uh, I know you had some, some health concerns growing up, sort of being uh, oh. overweight. I don't know if there was any medical issues there, but I was reading about mm-hmm. that and sort of your maturation to, I guess, become more healthy and educate yourself and then eventually starting uh, your company. So it actually uh, started off uh, when I was very, very, very young. And I would say probably when I was around 10 years old, uh, 8 to 10 years old probably is is when I started realizing about, you know, what it means to be a young girl. And that really comes from a sense of um, looking in the mirror and realizing, oh, I look like this. And I think that was a, a sense of... Um, realization when I when I thought about the way I look in the mirror and then I looked at other girls around me and I realized that hey I don't I I probably don't look very nice and the root to that was because I was quite overweight when I was younger so uh, right when I was um, I mean I'm from Delhi which is a city in India and Delhi is a part of North India and typically the families in North India uh, really really, really show their love and affection for kids through food. And my whole family, I live with my grandparents. So uh, my grandmother, my grandfather, both my parents, uh, my younger sister, we have a big family living in the same house. And they always wanted to give us the best. And they had come from very humble beginnings. And they always wanted that my sister and I have the best of the best. And at that time, the best of the best in India was junk food. Uh, I still remember Mm. McDonald's first opened its doors in the country and people were going wild over burgers and french fries. And every day after school, my sister and I would be given like a packet of chips and ice cream. It was a daily thing. I still remember the brand of chocolate ice cream and the orange bar and whatnot I used to have after getting out of the school bus. It, I mean, it was a daily, daily thing. And you don't realize, um, in your younger years because your parents make you feel great about yourself and your relatives Mm -hmm. come home and your aunts and uncles and they're pulling your cheeks and you're you're the cute girl right and then and then when you get older and that was I guess a moment of realization for me when I 
when you know there's that whole boy girl division in school and you want all the boys to like you and there are popular girls and there are popular boys and then i realized at that point that hey i i i don't look the way that that other popular girls look and that took a huge toll on my self esteem because i clearly saw that i was a lot a lot more overweight than my my friends and my friends weren't very nice about it so i remember having best friends who actually now in hindsight used to bully me they used to actually measure the space i took on the bus seat and they used to say oh see we take so much space and you take so much space why don't you just scoot over so these kinds of things you don't forget um even till now that happened probably like 25 26 years ago i you know you you just don't forget these things when you're when you're uh, I mean all throughout your life. And as I tried to navigate my teenage years, um things didn't get any better for me. The bullying got a lot worse in school and uh, there were these two boys who just made it their uh, school daily routine to come and bully me and most people would just turn around and laugh at me. And at that point I didn't know what to do about it. I couldn't go to anybody. I couldn't really go home and ask my parents and food really became something that was uh, a feel good factor in my life. and at that time you don't really think about it that way i think nobody thinks about it while going through it but the more i the more i think about it now i realize that hey i was i was turning to these unhealthy habits of of eating a lot and finding a lot of solace in that as a way to cope so you know years went by and um and i think around the time that i was graduating school i was already in a place where i had lost all my self confidence and going into college or going into university at that point i entered an all girls university so an all girls university um, i mean it's a quite a famous university here in india but that puts a different kind of pressure on you and when you look at girls around you and girls judge girls more than i guess um boys judge girls it's it's a fact and around that environment i felt even more insecure and everybody around me you know was taking the path of eating really less food and at that point i switched from eating a lot of food to saying you know what i i want to change my body i want to look different here are all these girls who don't really eat much and that spiraled me into a whole different habit of eating very less and that's a very unhealthy place to be as well so the whole time i was sort of yo-yoing between eating a lot not eating not eating eating a lot it was a bad journey until one day i basically decided I don't remember exactly which day it was or what really made me do it but I I realized you know what I need to get out of this hole that I put myself in and that's the day I walked into a gym and I thought you know what um uh, a gym will help me keep my weight low but also it's probably healthier to be here and coincidentally um I mean it's my fortune that I walked into a place which was Uh, I mean which had no machines it, it was a fun uh, I mean it was a functional fitness center so it had no machines it had nothing around and it was just me walking in and there are all these women and I mean I mainly remember the women doing push-ups pull-ups like lifting weights and it was honestly quite scary so when I walked in I, I thought this place is not for me and I pretty much would have left but there was a there was a coach there and he came up and told me like hey you know why don't you come in and you know just just try the class i said i don't think i can do this um, you know can i come back in the next class so i think i tried to make a lot of excuses but he basically said no just come and do it and that first day was really really tough it was really horrible i was in an oversized size t-shirt and i was just trying to you know pull it down and not and just make sure that i was trying to keep up but i think in 10 minutes it was a 10 minute workout and i was pretty much out and i couldn't do it so 
um so so i i went back to the coach and and the coach said oh you did such a good job and i knew i had not done a good job but i guess throughout my life nobody had really appreciated me for doing anything related to physical activities because in school i pretty much never played any sport and mm-hmm. um so i was quite surprised that he was very encouraging he said you know come tomorrow it's fine it happens to everyone and i said fine you know let me just let me just come tomorrow so i came the next day and then i came the next day and then i kept on going there and you know i used to be somebody who slept at 2 am 3 am and i used to wake up at 8 am and like rush rush to my college to my university and i didn't have a good i didn't have good eating habits uh, you know obviously i didn't have a good sleep pattern i had nothing and because of this coach like one day he said you know i'm going to start taking i mean his classes were actually at 6 am 7 am 8 am in the morning and and when i realized that these classes are in the morning like i think they shifted to the morning or something like that i had to actually change my entire the rest of my life so i used to yeah. go out four nights a week back in back in university and all of that <laughs> and and i basically told my parents hey you know i want to sleep at 10 and i'm going to wake up at 6 and they thought that something is wrong with me they thought i'm going off with some boy in the morning <laughs> like i don't know what they were thinking because they couldn't believe that i would be the one saying things like this because i was the absolute opposite um rebellious child that they'd always had and um i mean something just made me do that right and i think that's the whole point of a keystone habit it's like once you find that thing that really motivates you and makes you come back each and every day you just want to work the rest of your life around that one thing and that's what happened to me with fitness i mean something just kept me coming back i think it was the positivity the encouragement and soon i went from lifting i guess i don't like a 10 pound barbell or weight used to be so hard for me i went from that to like 3 years ago i took part in the state level weightlifting uh, championships and i got the silver medal wow. so it that's been my journey um from just you know just not even knowing anything about health to completely changing my lifestyle all around this this one thing that that really worked for me which which was fitness and weightlifting and once i found that as my passion i started doing so much research into what good health is about because somehow it wasn't only my fitness that had changed it was also the rest of my life it was who i was right. everything about me had completely changed um in in i still remember in school in university all my teachers have had always told me you know priya you have a lot of potential but you're not able to focus you have a lot of potential but you're not able to translate that into your achievements and somehow i was always distracted i was people used to call me a scatterbrain in school i could never concentrate on my work and suddenly everything in my life fell together and it's not a coincidence i think that's what happens when you lead a mentally and physically healthy life it's got so many so many benefits so this entire journey that i was on and the fact that and it didn't happen overnight i think um it's taken me years to really change my habits to the point where i am today so that's what really really motivated me that hey you know i have something i i know something that changed me so why not change people around me that was my first calling from somewhere within me that said i need to apply this to other people because when you're healthy you know you see the world through glasses different glasses you see people who are not working out who are not eating healthy you know 
you can visibly see unhealthy people. There are so many people in India who have cancer, who have diabetes, who have heart disease. And once you start doing your research, you'll realize that all of these diseases are completely preventable. And these diseases only happen to these people simply because of, I mean, mostly, I, I won't say that's the only reason, but mostly because of an unhealthy lifestyle. And so I started realizing that health is so powerful that not only can it make a person like me feel better, but it has a huge cascading impact on actually probably curing or reversing even better preventing some very, very serious diseases on the planet. I think that was a big starting point for me where I started to shift into thinking that, you know what, I think I need to do something in 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 health. It was a great point that made about how physically healthy can mature into mental health, mental wellness as well. I think that's a, a an amazing point to, to and you you're a great case study, right? Of of understanding how if you're if you're having issues mentally focusing, right? Or or mentally being able to do things, you know, it, it might be because of you know, an unhealthy physical lifestyle. And if that changes, your mental wellness will also become just just better, right? And, and that's what you've sort of yeah. seen. Yes. Yeah. So when did when did actually figuring out that you wanted to to start something, right? I mean, there's a quite a difference yeah. from researching and actually doing things in your own life. But then it's 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 another hard journey to actually, you know, put that into a roadmap to to help tens and hundreds and thousands, eventually millions of people, right? So what was yes. what sort of set that off to to start uh, the company? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. So so for me, I never thought that I would that I would start a business around this initially. Um, but when I got this realization that health is something that I want to do for other people, I think initially it was as simple as that. So I actually started with my own family. So as I said, my family was was extremely unhealthy. I want to use was because they've all changed now. But I thought, you know what? Um, my, my parents aren't very healthy. My grandparents aren't very healthy. Why don't I start with them? And unfortunately, none of them listened to me. None of them, you know, people <laughs> thought... All my, my everybody in my family thought that I had completely gone insane. Uh, they they didn't understand the food I was eating. They said, "Oh, we have been uh, living for so long like this only. Why do we have to change?" And it was that whole preconceived years of preconceived notion about every single thing, and it was really tough. I got frustrated. I got fed up. I said, "Man, I don't think I don't think this is going to work on adults." And what strengthened it further was that there were a lot of people who used to come and ask me, Priya, you seem to have changed a lot. Why don't you tell me how to change? I said, okay, great. And I used to, and, and I was very flattered that people are coming and asking me. So I used to put my heart and soul into drafting nutrition plans and workout plans and everything for these people. And they never followed it. I said, why? <laughs> what, what's going on? Why are people asking me and not doing anything? And of course, the answer is very simple because it's so tough. It's so tough to change your life life uh, when you're older it's just not the same right it took me a long time so I could sympathize with them and maybe I was one of the few people who had managed to go through that journey I think many people try and many people just fail they stop they give up it's frustrating and I understood that and luckily at that same point uh, so my both my parents are in the education field and and my mother you know she works in a foundation and my father is also in the education field and I had a lot of exposure to 
to children and schools sort of growing up in a way uh, but i never really looked at it as as something as 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 a segment that i would want to address but as this parallel health journey was going on i was trying to work with adults and completely failing there and just getting very frustrated with that i even actually dabbled in the idea that maybe i should open my own gym mm-hmm. uh thankfully my my parents at the time who i asked i asked them actually that hey i'm thinking of possibly opening a gym thankfully they shot it down otherwise health said go would have never happened so um they said you know come up with something better you know just we we are willing to support you uh, and at that time i needed financial support because i had only been working for probably two and a half three years so i didn't have funds of my of my own and so i i had that calling and i knew that i wanted to start something around it i just didn't know what and coincidentally i ended up going to a school with 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 my parents and it just struck me that there are so many children out here and they are all probably struggling with the same issues that i had and right. you know when i walked around the school and i saw these girls and and you know of course a lot of girls today struggle with their weight and they don't know what to do with it and i could just see that i i mean i bet that all those young teenage girls really want to know what to do with their body and they just don't know what to do and i said wait maybe i should do something in schools and it just it just came together very very beautifully for me i didn't know what i was going to do but i wanted to start this and i didn't formalize it into a company until much later i would say i was still working probably a year from the idea to starting a company i would say uh, was the time it took me to really formalize things so back in 2015 i started visiting schools and uh, i started doing a survey and i started asking schools that as education institutions uh, are you focusing on health and a lot of educators teachers principals they had no answers for me because they said that's the job of the parents at home why do why do mm. we have to do it you know that's something that parents do but we already know that left up to the parents they don't do, they don't they first of all don't know what to do and they don't have the time to do it i think there were two distinct issues there which happened in my family and it happens in so many other families at home even the parents itself aren't educated about what health is about and that really made me think that when when have we ever learned really learned what health is about i think today in the times of covid-19 and the coronavirus we're all frantically putting out graphics out there saying wash your hands wash your hands mm-hmm. uh, you know Uh, how to wash your hands and sing happy birthday twice and it's just so simple people don't even know how to wash their hands you know mm. that's that's where health starts health is not only i mean health is just very vast it's about hygiene it's about nutrition it's about physical activity there's so many aspects to it and nobody has taught us and here we have who teaching us how to wash our hands finally you know i like i think this education has to start from schools um so i didn't get any answer from schools and i said you know this seems to be a completely empty space nobody's doing anything about it and i need to be the one to get into this and start something and in 2016 um i started healthset go uh, i called it healthset go the benchmark for healthy schools because i truly wanted to build the benchmark for what a healthy school should be and thankfully there have been a lot of recommendations by agencies like who in the past years years before that every school should have health education that every school should have access to health but 
it it it's never been able to materialize in schools and so now what what i what i do today in schools is um you know we have an entire program it's a 360 degree program where we talk about health education where we have doctors visiting schools we have an annual health checkup of every child we monitor every child's health from the time they enter the school so this is something that was never there and and that's what we do now it's such a weird dynamic and hearing you you speak about growing up with like mcdonald's and growing up with with you know just health not being sort of a priority you know it's interesting to see that from a global perspective right because in, in america it's sort of always it was the same thing right like it was you have so many marketing efforts by these big big yeah. fast food companies that yes there's not the same there's nothing to combat that right there's not especially you know 10 20 years ago there wasn't like this health food sort of marketing angle that people were putting out to really try to throw that down your throat no it was just hamburgers and french fries and chicken nuggets right oh we'll give you a happy meal make your kids happy you know all the time we're actually making your kids happy but very very unhealthy and susceptible to you know, early type two diabetes, right? Which is, you know, something, you know, obviously your country is facing and we're, I think the top three most unhealthiest country in the world. And I think as countries look at what this COVID virus is doing, it's really going to affect uh, the individuals with pre-existing conditions and and who are living very unhealthy. It's going to attack them first, right? And that's going to be very difficult for their bodies to deal with. And I think that Hopefully, as we come out of this, and it it might be a while, it's going to be very horrific. Hopefully, we can have a global sort of renaissance of health, right? Especially in schools, like what you're doing is is absolutely imperative because it's education, you know, not even, not science, not math, right? But health, right? STEM should add that to it, right? I don't, that needs to be a priority for every single educational institution in the world because we are seeing the effects of an unhealthy society right now. And it it really, it it really, it's obviously a a political, needs to be some political help there. There needs to be governments that need to be involved, but also businesses, right? There needs to be just like there's policy in America where you cannot promote cigarette smoke. Well, what's the difference if a person is eating unhealthy every single day of their life, it's going to have the same effects as smoking. Well, eventually, right? And so it's tough from, you know, it's tough from a standpoint as we're all kind of learning with the last 10, 20 years of, you know, really impactful of, of food companies really just pounding us with, <laughs> with so much unhealthy food and unhealthy lifestyle and, and not looking at the adverse effects globally that is having. Like, I feel bad that we exported fast food to your country, <laughs> right? Like, I feel like, I feel like no, no, really no, bad as an American that we did that. <laughs> I mean, every single a brand from the United States is in India right now. I mean, we had, I mean, we had Taco Bell <laughs> open up in the last year. We had uh, IHOP. Like, I mean, I don't even know what's going on. But when these places opened up in India, there was a huge line, like huge line. And, you know, today parents feel like, oh, wow, we were going out as a family. Let's go to McDonald's. We're going out as a family. Let's go to Taco Bell. Let's pay money to eat like absolute junk food i think people are simply you know i used to feel bad about this until i realized that it's just a matter of non-education that there has never been education around this uh there is a huge role that governments have to play in this i think 
I don't know why this happens everywhere in the country. Until things get really bad, we just don't want to act on it. The reason why today cigarettes have um, images on them or have warning signs is because we saw so many people in the world get lung cancer, get complications because of smoking. I mean... The same thing has to happen with sugar. I mean, there was big tobacco and then there's big sugar. You would yeah. have heard so there's yeah. a lot of lobby around sugar. And there are all these companies which clearly know exactly the cause of uh, what they're doing. But the government has to take a strong hold. I mean, what if every chocolate carried behind it a message saying harmful for children? right? Or what if every packet of chips or every uh, aerated beverage said harmful for children? Parents would not buy that. For their kids or they would understand this is not something to be consumed every single day right. um but that step has to be taken first by the regulatory authorities of 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 any country yeah it's almost you almost treat fast food as as the luxury right is that you it, it's sort of you just eat it once a month or something like that right it's almost like going to a really nice restaurant because it's expensive you do it sometimes yeah. There, the ideology could be similar to like, I know this is unhealthy, but I'm only going to eat it like once a month. And this is going to be like my treat to myself rather yes. than every single day. This is what is to be done. And, and we just know that that is it's just not unsustainable, right? Your body just can't sustain that amount of sugar, carbohydrates, GMOs, whatever else is in in the food, right? That another thing that is just about education, right, is actually what are you putting in your body is uh, yeah. is quite an educational gap. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a huge debate about whose fault is it? Um, is it the government's fault? Is it the people's fault? Is it the company's fault? And a lot of companies really, you know, resort to saying, hey, uh, we didn't ask you to have, um, you know, Coca-Cola every day. We didn't ask you to eat chocolate every day. You are making your own choice. So if you get sick, it's your fault. I think that's been the argument of every every company, you know, or all the big the big giant companies out there. But at the end of the day, you cannot blame an individual for for their issues. I think a lot of people put blame on themselves or they make people feel guilty. You are not losing weight. It's your fault. You you weren't strong enough to eat a healthy diet. You weren't strong enough to avoid these things. But how can people, I mean, the kind of techniques that these companies are using to market food to children, the kind of techniques that they're using to market food to us, if, if even if you're really trying to eat healthy and you're driving down the highway and there's board after board of like a big burger and there's, you know, I mean, it's it's hot. It's You see this glass of Coke being poured into ice. I mean, that's, you're constantly being bombarded. So if today you don't have it, a week down the line, 100%, you're going to go to the store and you're going to buy that. So whose fault is that? Um, I think yeah. uh, the, the environment I, has to be be pro-health, which it's not. Yeah, no, I think it, the other thing is, it is a big part is, is, is cereal. Like it is the most marketed to children yeah. food on earth, right? It's literally yeah. marketed to kids, right? Like the cartoon characters on the covers and like the sports athletes and all these colorful items and in America, we just had, well, we're kind of going through it now, sort of the flavors in these electronic cigarettes, right? Yep. They're, they're going, they say you can't market to kids the nicotine yes. with like passion fruit flavor and pineapple and all this stuff. I'm like, but the cereal companies get to do it. I'm like, I don't understand mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. putting a massive bowl of sugar in a five-year-old's mouth that early on consistently every morning 
is a positive outcome for their health. I, I just, I don't, I'm not a scientist, but like, it just seems like that would not be a healthy approach. Yeah. Um, you know, we have so many children who come to school already sugared up in the morning by having a big milkshake full of, you know, maybe you have them in the US uh, as well. But in India, we have these things that are, um, you know, this this um, healthy powders that you can just mix in milk and give to the kids in the morning before they leave for school. Like that's how they're marketed to be healthy for children, to be like a supplement a nutritional supplement for kids. And it's, it's, it's called, I mean, they're Holics, Complan, like these kinds of brands here in India, which market which have advertisements where the child is running a race and he comes first or he's giving an exam and he aces the exam. And of course, that's all because of this beverage that he just had. Um, And and I guess that plays on the conscience of every parent in India. You know, they're probably thinking, hey, I want to be the best parent I can be. But you know what? I don't have time. I'm working a lot. So maybe buying this beverage a spoon of it in the morning is making me a better parent because you know if I do that I'm increasing my chances of my child doing better in studies and winning a race but at the end of the day it's it's quite false marketing right now because all that thing is it's it's just two spoons of sugar that's going into a child's mouth in the morning they're going to school they're falling asleep in class because that's the sugar crash mm-hmm. um, mothers are actually putting a very unhealthy food in the lunch boxes of children as well so it's just a never-ending cycle to to which these children, um, they get used to it. And one of the things that we are trying to do with Health Go also hopefully in, in the coming future is that, you know, something that I noticed that there are no alternatives. Mm. If, if, if a mother wants to give something healthy, where are the alternatives? Mm-hmm. And probably in the US, I think that, I mean, you're probably ahead of us in, in some ways because you've gone through that curve, you know, where, I mean, even Michelle Obama, when she was there, yeah. she did an entire movement, right? She was she was like my role model at that time, actually, because she started the whole fitness movement and lunches should be healthy at school. And I mean, we haven't got there yet as a country or as a government. If you look at our leaders, they're not very healthy uh, in general, you know? So, well, she, yeah, no, and, that was good. I, I remember yeah. that clearly and I was like, this yeah. is a this is like amazing, but like the struggle, the fight to even get that done Absolutely. is incredibly tough because I mean whatever accomplished it, was I mean pretty good. It, but it, but to, the fact that you have to fight to get yeah. healthy food in schools, like yeah. I I'm not sure I understand the, the philosophy of like what are we fighting here? Like why aren't <laughs> we one? Why didn't we already have this right? But now that we know, sort of, we've just been enlightened a little bit about food that goes into a child's body or just a human body. Like why mm-hmm. aren't we feeding our kids the best in schools? Where for a lot of kids in America. This is their only meal. The, the yes. school funded meals is it. They don't get food when they go home. If they Absolutely. do, it's going to be McDonald's, right? It's going to be pizza. Yeah. So the yeah. opportunity to get two healthy meals a day from schools is very, it seems to be very imperative to a child's health and growth. And now, especially with COVID, a lot of schools are closed. They're not getting mm-hmm. meals. That's a yeah. big issue that is just an ancillary issue that nobody thinks about. But a lot of kids, the only meals is they get at school and when school's out, they're not eating. Like if they're eating, what is it going to be? Right. It's the only place that's open right now are drive through fast food restaurants. So. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think these companies, they basically actually want to get um, the reason why a lot of these, um, the junk food companies actually want to focus on school meals is, is pretty obvious because I guess they want to catch the child as young as possible to become, uh, you know, to start subscribing to the kind of food they make um, or the kind of beverages that they have, because then they are lifelong customers. You know, it, it kind of starts at a very young age. So one thing that we are trying to do, uh, 
um, is hopefully in the near future trying to provide alternatives for mothers um, who are looking to get some nutrition into their child's body. Basically, we we do want to come out with products that can actually be healthy and, and good for children without with them not being a 90% sugar and with them having the nutrients and the vitamins and minerals that children need. I mean, this is a work in progress for us, but it's something that we're really thinking of doing because there are no alternatives in the market right now for, for mothers. And if we can educate them and if we can uh, come out with an alternative that is much better for children, I would definitely like to make that available uh, for India or globally. Do the schools you work with now, hmm. is it just curriculum that you're teaching? Um, like, is it you're educating them on what food is good, what food is healthy? Are the schools then actually do they is it like America where they feed kids within the school? Does the school provide food? Is that sort of changing? Are you helping sort of institute some type of change in what they feed the kids? at schools as well or is it just educational material so um there are there are three things that we do at the school um the first one for which a lot of schools subscribe to our program is actually the medical side of health set go so there there is a mandatory um annual health checkup that has to happen in every school and that is something that we do with health set go in a big way uh, we have um you know a technology enabled health checkup for every school in the country uh, we have a good team of doctors doctors that we send to schools. So they do a physical check, an eye check, an ENT checkup, a dental checkup, uh, generate an online health record and give it to parents. So this is our, our most basic program that we start with doing for schools, simply because this is something where schools and us, I mean, we we are on the same page, because it's, it's the only thing in health that is mandatory by the government and by school education boards. So that's the first thing that schools actually take us for. But but through that, we actually put in the educational curriculum as a part of it. So our program is monitoring the health of every child with a team of doctors once a year. So we have this as an annual health checkup where we identify certain conditions in children which probably schools or parents could also be unaware about. Uh, there are simple things such as dental issues, there are eye issues, a lot of children cannot see the school board and what's written in front of them and even their books because they don't know that they have a weak eyesight. And of course, broader issues such as obesity, uh, children who are underweight, there are malnutrition issues. So these are things that we identify and we inform parents and we inform the school so that they can take further steps. Schools obviously can play a much bigger role because they can then alter the school menu uh, or any kind of meals they provide in the school or encourage the parents to send healthy lunch boxes. So it's like a data-driven nudge for parents and schools to change. So that's one aspect. And then the health education that we have is more like a year-long uh, program that goes on at the school. So we have different themes. We have seven themes that go on. Uh, these are around nutrition, physical health, mental health, and hygiene and sanitation. Hand washing, in fact, is one of our big things. Um, so these themes go on throughout the year, where each child does an activity related to these themes. So, um, I mean, this has been majority of the schools that subscribe to us have both these things running in, in the schools. We, we recently added an insurance program uh, for every child up to $1,500 so that if any child gets injured in the school or has a medical emergency, they can be taken to the nearest hospital and we can completely reimburse that to the school so that the school doesn't have to bear any financial losses. We, we added that, um, I think, early April of last year. And uh, 
end of last year, what we did is that we added a school health clinics where uh, now we're running about 11 um, school-based clinics where we have a full-time nurse and a medical practitioner sitting there. And uh, the nurse typically sees about 50 to 80 students per day. So so this is the entire program that, that we have right now. Uh, lunch is not a part of it. School lunch is not a part of it. It is definitely something that that is on my mind. Uh, most of the schools in India actually don't offer this option. Uh, most of the schools in India actually ask children to bring food from home. I'm talking about the private institutions um, and the government institutions, which are publicly run by directly by the government. They are they have government um, and um, I mean NGO based kitchens which are running these food programs for them. So the private schools typically don't have the lunch programs. They ask children to get food from home. But the schools that do have it, we are thinking about how we can work with them to change the menu or actually give them the healthy meals itself. And for at home uh, parents who really want something, we are planning to come up in our pipeline. We're planning to come up with vitamins and minerals uh, based products that uh, parents can consume. How many schools are are you currently in and, and how many kids are sort of being affected on or impacted on like an annual basis? Well, um, so till now we have worked with around 250,000 children in India. And that roughly accounts for between that now the present count would be 312 schools. Uh, this is a mix of government and private. So uh, in India, just to, um, I mean, just so that I'm not mixing it up, there are two kinds of categories of schools. So mostly there are private schools where uh, every parent actually prefers their children to go into private education. So about 110 million children study in private schools and 150 million study in public schools. So our division is private and public with most of it being private. Wow. And there's how many kids total do you think are in India or how many schools? How many kids are there in India? Yeah. I mean, there's like a, I guess a billion people, right? Uh, in general. So there's probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. So anything we do right now is actually a drop in the ocean. So whether I say 250,000 yeah. or tomorrow, right. say 1 million. No, but I, I, I'm literally... saying like, it's a lot. It's But it's, it's a lot no matter what, right? But I guess the point being is like, there's so much room for growth, right? There's so much room to keep sort of growing and you know impacting more and more lives around around the country yeah, i mean we were quite you know we were um even though we're a young organization we were quite fortunate to you know get to work with one of the cities uh the governments in one of the cities where we got a hundred plus schools just under one city directly to work with so you know these are things that are quite encouraging because in India, it's all about scale. So anything that you do ends up being much, much, much bigger than, uh, you know, other countries that we have seen, even countries like Singapore and, you know, Southeast Asia. Uh, whenever we talk about India, it's it our work seems a lot bigger. But if you put it in the context of how many children are there in India, uh, that's such a long way to go. It's, it's, it's hardly... Well, who has been sort of... Is there organizations, companies, uh, policymakers, who has been the greatest help to, to like your vision and what you want to do? Has there, has there been sort of certain people that really stand out? And is there certain entities and, and people or, or companies that are against this, so to speak, I guess? I don't know how you could be, but I don't know if there's any fight back or anything like that. Um, the people, I think, um, we've we've really had to to be very frank here. We've had to really go to schools and tell them about this concept. 
in the first place and then convince them to enroll in the program. So it hasn't been very easy that we go to schools and they sort of come on board. So in that way, we've, we've just been working very hard. So even over the course of all these years, if we've managed to reach that 300 plus number, I think it's because of the fact that we've pushed, uh, we're yet to see a pull where every school says, oh, let's call up Health Go and, you know, let's 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 get on board to be a healthy school. Uh, but a bright spark came about a year and a half ago where we got a call from the Food Safety and Standards Authority of India. And they have been, I think, a huge help in what we have done. So FSSAI, which is the short form of that, uh, Food Safety and Standards Authority of India, they, um, you know, the CEO of FSSAI, he really wanted to promote healthy uh, food messaging at school. And that's something that I never thought would happen because FSSAI is the same organization that approves a lot of the food that is sold in India. So I thought, you know... um, You know, I mean, they're all they're all the bad guys, and uh, you know, by the time I get to the government, it's it's going to be you know years later, ten years later. You know, I, I mean, everybody has those plans where one day they'll make a systemic change. But in this case, uh, we got a call. Uh, I had coincidentally come on uh, in a magazine article, and that magazine happened to be lying on his table. Uh, his name is Pavan Agarwal. It was lying on his table, and he, I guess, read about us, and he asked his office to call me and uh, when I got the call uh, I, I I couldn't believe it but I, I went for a meeting with him and he said you know I'm going to start a movement uh, called the Eat Right India movement and I really want to work in schools and really get children to be a part of it and that was the start of a more than two year long engagement now I mean it's going to be uh, two years in a in, in in a bit where we have been working with schools to promote healthy food messaging directly in association with the government so I think they played a played a big role in that it was very good to see that um, the government is supporting us Um, like I said we worked with two cities uh, city governments uh, where we could work in the public school area Um, so I guess these have been the key the key moments for us um, we are ourselves advocating for healthy schools in India. So we are really hopeful that, you know, things are going to change. Wow. Well, that's a, that's a huge, that's a huge thing though, that he reached out. I mean, that's going to be, you need people like that on board with the vision because they could, they can help scale, right? I think that's what they can do best is they can implement, you know, some type yeah. of strategy or, or vision or, or help you guys expand even more once you have, a good model down, right? A, a good sort of, you know, this is how we do things and we see what's working. Here's what the data says. Here's what the outcomes have been. Then you could just, you know, really scale that up to each to each school um, pretty quickly, hopefully, right? I mean, there's a lot of things that get involved when you have staff and all this stuff, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, w- I wanted to go back. One thing you said a little earlier about sort of your relationship with your parents, because early on they were mm-hmm. like, thought you were crazy, right? And didn't understand. <laughs> and now you said they they've sort of kind of changed a little bit, right? They're they're sort of eating yes. more healthy and, and yes. can you talk a little bit more about about that? Are they still sure. are they now ambassadors for for sort of your your cause and your mentality? Yeah, they they are uh, I mean, I guess my my father was the first one to really uh come on board. He 
had left working out for a very long time he had got into the you know slow things of life and in his apparently in his younger years he used to do that and so when i started changing myself and i did all of this and i was really pushing my parents to change and even my grandparents by the way so i'm going to talk about all of them and uh, you know first of all everybody was shocked that i'm going that i was going and actually weightlifting especially my mother and my grandmother because they used to see my hands and my hands were always chipped uh and they weren't you know they weren't like soft girly hands and my my grandmother was very traditional and she and, and she said oh girls hands are not supposed to be like that what are you doing and all of you know all those things and when i actually won that medal at the state level uh in weightlifting they were so proud because nobody in our entire family you know even knows the s of sports i think nobody has participated in anything before and they were so so <laughs> delighted and they were just so proud of me and they they slowly they came on board they realized okay she's not killing herself she she's not doing something weird let's just get on board with this and so the food that i started that i used to eat at home so i had you know very specific food that i used to eat and so my dad looked at that and said oh you know maybe i'll also take that to work with me and then my mom said maybe i'll also take that to work with me and so when i was going through a journey of giving up sugar and of course now i lead a lifestyle where i don't have sugar i also don't have dairy i i don't have wheat i mean i'm i'm sort of on on the other side uh i was a little more advanced stage of nutrition at that at that time so everybody sure. could not touch all of that but like i think they cut out sugar um they removed all the junk food from my home because in my house at any given point you had multiple packets of chips you had multiple uh, bottles of coke everything was there stocked up in my house as if if there's ever an apocalypse at least we have chips and coke you know so right, i mean right. all that left our house it's it's been a process um of first getting them on board that way and then i started taking them to the gym with me and that really really I think has transformed everybody. My grandfather, who is eighty-five, he just turned eighty-five years old. He can deadlift. He can do a bench press. <laughs> and you know, it's 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 so it's so amazing for them, for me to see them do that because doctors had actually told them, and they told my grandmother as well. They actually told them. don't get off your couch or uh, you know your bones are weak uh, you know don't climb stairs don't do anything and both of them climb stairs and they go to the gym both of them go there and then they you know they they do their own workout and it's so empowering because i'm sure that they are preventing a lot of issues that can happen in that old age so they've really changed and i mean both my parents were very supportive uh when i started my company initially again uh they honestly thought that i was just doing it i mean you know they they actually thought that it's something that i want to do and in the end i'm going to go to b school it's it's one of those things in parents you know in in the minds of parents that oh yeah if she does it uh that's great because then it will make for a good resume for her to go <laughs> into b school you know so actually i truly believe to this day that's the reason why they supported me they thought yeah yeah let her do it and uh, you know after that we will apply to the best universities etc <laughs> <laughs> that is nowhere in the in the plan that i have um and they are still very very supportive about everything so i'm i'm grateful for my entire family you know being on board and really supporting so i guess we can we can sort of end on this and i know it's a, it's a, it's can be a difficult question to answer but as you look maybe uh one year two or three years down the line what are some of the big goals that 
that you as a founder want to to accomplish and and you as a company want want to accomplish as a founder and as a company um you know we've come to a point where i think all of us have the same goal and that goal is to reach as many children as possible uh we have put it we have put out a target of 1 million children by 2023 and these are not children that we hope to just you know interact with broadly we really want to be running our program with 1 million children so that's a huge goal we are all working towards that it's um, i mean we are we are just using that as that driving factor and at the same time we want to innovate so we want to come out with newer ways to get health messages um you know to children in india we want to start more advocacy around this we are looking at building a community of parents who want to talk about healthy parenting so these are our short term goals uh within the next um, i mean by 2023 and of course the 2030 goal is it's 10 million and i'm sure that we will achieve that uh 2030 is also when the sustainable development goals end and i i believe that if we can cover those many children by that time we would have made a significant contribution to to ensuring good health and well-being to ensuring universal Universal health coverage. Um, I mean, SDGs are. Um, I'm sure you know said by the United Nations in mm-hmm. 2015. So um, you know this is the decade actually where it's the decade where you know we only have 10 years to really really make a change in the world, and that goes for a lot of things for health, of course, for climate change. It's really a deciding decade, and I think this is a decade where young people are taking charge. they are being activists they are going out and changing the world so uh, we we are a very young company we have a lot of young people who are enthusiastic and who are very very driven so i mean we are all driving towards the same goal <laughs> well thank you so much priya i mean it's it's such an inspiring story and it's uh i can't wait to see what the next sort of you know 5 to to 10 years look look like for for you and, and the company as it sort of expands its mission and vision it's going to be uh quite exciting and and i hope that you know globally there's there's a lot of the same initiatives sort of happening and hopefully we can we can all get on that same track of of sort of early education and not only science and math but also health and nutrition is yeah, i think, I think going um, to be yeah i mean a global citizen actually um w- i mean i i would definitely like to say that when uh, so so global citizen is is um, you know a big organization and they uh, had this global citizen prize which happened back in december and you know for a concept like school health to be acknowledged on a global stage um i mean because they actually uh, i mean i won the global citizen prize which was such a huge moment for me and my entire team and that had a huge financial push for us as yeah. well as a lot of recognition right i mean for that to happen it was such a big boost to us and i mean there these are the moments right where you really think that it's possible where you really think that all the hard work right. that you've been putting it's 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 going to be it's going to lead to something big yeah that's a it's amazing i mean that's yeah i mean sometimes that i tell everybody all the time i said i say look any any email i get or any comment right or any sort yeah. of like good review or something like those things matter like to me right it it helps me sort of like make sure that i'm doing something relevant right and doing something good and it's it's going to be it's the same for for you right i mean to be acknowledged at whether it's a very very small scale like an email saying like you know i love your stuff like keep going right like i mean obviously that's not the same as getting like a massive award right but it it sort of does mean the same when when there's acknowledgement that people are sort of like listening and enjoying and hopefully 
being inspired in some way by by what you do is is just so powerful, right? And it, it, you can never get enough of that, right? It's it's always a, a motivating thing. Absolutely. Well, have a great day and try to have a great week. Best of luck to to everybody there, and obviously stay healthy. And hopefully, we can uh, yeah. you know get through this together. Yes, absolutely. It's a difficult time for everyone. I mean, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will get.